the trouble is people it. watch these debates. You notice in, in the Republican debate, not a mention about the farmers. Oh, I know. Not, local farmers, not at all, but not even the conventional farmers were mentioned. They don't mention the common, what we need. It's all about, uh, they use fancy terms like fiscal responsibility. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> I mean give me some money. You know, or don't give me some money. Let me earn my money and stop stealing it from me. Yeah, and leave me I'm alone. I'm not asking for a handout. Jeez, just leave me alone. I don't want any of your money. Yeah, they basically they rob Peter to give it to Paul. That's what the government does. That's all they, they just do. take the money from the the real producers. It's the we just have investors now. We don't know how to make anything in this country. Well, people do, but they're they're punished. If you can make your own food and make your own products and make your own car or whatever transportation, you're punished for it now. Yeah, you I, used to be rewarded for doing this. I, I, you know, I don't like this idea because it's, I'm not into violence, but I tell you what, you can, you can just tell by so many articles, blogs, certainly social media. I mean, whew, people are just having enough of this stuff, you know, and uh, I think there's going to come a tipping point where there's going to be a lot of people just telling these, you know, violently telling these people to go away. Just go away. Uh, yeah, we need more of them. Because I, I right now, so. yeah. the tipping point isn't enough. Uh, no. But no. but it can take a small amount. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When people start to wake up, we do make a difference. There is a saying, no drop of precious love is ever wasted. Right. So, But we have to do small things. If you can't do large things, do uh, small things. We're prisoners of our iPhones. Right now, the government can get people to do anything they want by just starting to take their iPhone away, for God's sake. (laughs) You know? Uh, I'm not saying get rid of your iPhone necessarily, but don't be uh, a slave to your iPhone. Emerson years ago said things are on the sat are in the saddle and rule mankind. We're supposed to rule the things, but they rule us. We become slaves to our material goods instead of them serving us. We serve them. Oh yeah, I I don't even know how to, I don't even know what an app is, and I'm going to keep it like that. I don't care. <laughs> you know, people say, "Well, just download the app." Well, I don't know how to do that, and I don't want to do that. The only reason I have a phone, that's the only phone I have, and I got about four people call me, and that's it, and that's that's fine with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's uh, my attitude too. <laughs> that's Our fine with me. Exactly. Oh man, <laughs> that is fine with me because this this thing is getting bonkers, man. What's going on? Just you know, you see things it like is, and they and they know, they want total control of us. Total they, control. they basically want us to be an ant or termite colony. You know, <laughs> we're one queen. Right now, we elect politicians, but they don't have any say over the matter. It's all bureaucracies. It's the we don't elect the FDA, the CDC, the WHO, all of these organizations, the United Nations. We don't elect them. Mm. Those are selected people and so even if we had free elections which we don't the whole thing is false anyway but if we did it doesn't make any difference because you can't we didn't vote Fauci into office or milken or any of these other people they are or the uh, larry fink we didn't vote them in office yet there's the controlling the country and you know and there's more courts that are and i keep i kind of track this i like the headlines but there was another big court, I think, up on the East Coast. 
that uh, sided with somebody against the FDA, and they said the FDA are not doctors. They don't know anything about viruses. They can't tell you to do any, you know. So, you know, I think the worm could turn here if enough people just wake up and say, no. <laughs> you know, I, I think that the, for what it's worth, I think that this new variant thing that they're trying to run with, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to have any kind of real steam. Do you this time? It doesn't feel like it's going to even get off the ground this time. More and more. If it doesn't, they're going to get malaria or whatever oh, yeah. because they're bringing all these aliens in with every kind of condition in the book. And so yeah, they'll come up their with something plan. Else. They really <clears throat> are going to try something or or start G, uh, GMO diseases like uh, Gates and yeah. mosquitoes in Florida and yeah. everything like that. Texas just passed yeah. this thing saying there's going to be no mass mandates here. We're not going to do it. We're just not going to do it. So Mark, uh, I think uh, Alabama, Tennessee is already saying, because they see the writing on the wall, they want to do this variant thing, but I don't think it's going to stick. I, I, I think m more people are just going to say, no, you know, forget it. Once people uh, practice social distancing from doctors and hospitals, there'll be no problem. People from COVID <laughs> died from the treatments. They didn't oh. die from COVID. They died from ventilators. They died from Tylenol. They died from remdesivir, whatever the, the drug is. All of those drugs is what killed them. And oxygen kills. They needed carbon dioxide. What do they give them? Oxygen. How do they kill old people in this country? Oxygen. oxygen, pure oxygen kills. Ray Pete brought his attention, and it's been brought to the attention in a 1934 popular science magazine. Mm -hmm. They knew that you could cure pneumonia, serious pneumonia, with simple carbon dioxide added to oxygen. Do you know what percentage they do? Have, have you seen any uh, kind of tests or studies on what percentage of carbon dioxide you want to add to oxygen? In a hospital, for example? Ideally, uh, for mine workers, and this is at like 1902, they added 2%. Hmm. So I would say probably uh, anywhere from 1.5% to 3%. And I think they only have now 3% and they have 5%. 7% is a bit radical. It can be used for certain healing purposes, but, uh, but it is a bit radical. So I would go with 2 to 3%. And uh, there, there's places in Japan. Otherwise, you get brain damage and yeah. dementia. A lot of dementia is from oxygen. From oxygen. There's a lot of, uh, not a lot, but there's quite a few hospitals in Japan that are adding uh, hydrogen to, uh, you know, to the people who are sick. Hydrogen, hydrogen too, mm. yep. So I guess Pure oxygen, it needs to be diluted. And they even know that if you leave argon out long enough, you die. We need these trace elements. They're not in the oxygen in the atmosphere accidentally. Like, oh, who needs it? We can survive on this. All of those elements are here for a reason. But scientists say, oh, who needs it? Who needs a gallbladder? We can cut that out. We don't have to take the stones out and put it back in. No, you're going to form them anyway, again. But doctor, how do I form them? Oh, we don't know about that. and We don't care because we're just here to cut stuff out and to give you radiation and to uh, give you drugs. That's what we're here for. We don't care how it happens. That's uh, our job. 
<laughs> well, actually, we do in a teaching hospital. We have a new theory that comes out mm -hmm. every decade. We have a new theory so that you're pleased and you will parrot it to your uh, friends and tell you this is how it forms. And of course, it doesn't because I've, I've been around long enough to see the theories of everything. Cholesterol is bad. Oh, no, cholesterol is good now. And it's bad. And essential oils are good. No, they're bad. And then they become good. Sugar is bad. Now it's good. After 80 years, you see it go by fashion, not by science. <laughs> it's all by politics. <laughs> Boy, the matrix out there, Adam Bergstrom, on this Labor Day 2023 is, is so discombobulated that I, I just don't see how it continues without something happening. You know what I mean? I, do, you, do you know where I'm going with this? I just don't see it. It's just too stupid. You know, it's just beyond stupid what's going on. I, I don't any, know any other way to say it. Each time we've had a stupid thing happen, whether it was Napoleon or Julius Caesar or Genghis Khan uh -huh. or Chamberlain, whoever it was, and we have an opportunity each time. So this is an opportunity. Crisis breeds opportunity. I hope we take it, but if history repeats itself, we're not going to uh, have an advantage of an awakening. But we do have an opportunity. So I urge everybody out there to awaken to realize you're living in the matrix. Hmm. The, the matrix is here, though. It's in the projector, in the, the pineal gland, third eye, tenth door, whatever you want to call it. That's where you're making this movie happen. And they're not helping you. You help yourself. Pick, you up, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps, as they say. That's how this country was formed in the first no. place. There was no school or government services. You went out and worked your land, and we were a farmer no. uh, and a happy, free person. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino says, I like to hear her stuff and about screenwriting. He said, well, just write the movie that you want to see. Write the movie that you want to see. Make the movie that you want to make. And, and I've always liked that, and I use that. I'll, I'll talk to myself like that when I'm writing. Just write what you want to see, Patrick, you know. Write what you want to see on screen. And I, and I would say it's the same thing for our life, man. Do the life that you want, because there's nobody stopping us, Adam Bergstrom. There's absolutely nobody stopping you or I, our listeners right now, to think what you want to think. And when you th whatever you think is what we get, right? I mean, it's no more complicated than that. Whatever, no more, no more complicated. You, you know, when I was doing sessions on people, yeah. I found very few traumas that were that were uh, imposed by someone else. Like people had problems when they had to go to court, but most people they had a job that was given a problem. Mm -hmm. Well. A job isn't something that you're forced to take. You can quit your job and take another job exactly. or work for yourself. So, and, and it was traumas over relationships. She doesn't love me. She left me for someone else and all of that. So 
about 95% of the traumas that people came to me were self-imposed. They weren't imposed by the government because most of these things are voluntary that that we put ourselves through. We punish ourselves. Every once in a while, someone does punish us. Someone comes out and murders us. But mostly, (laughs) even that, we attract into our lives. But most of the things we do, we, we go to a job we hate and we keep working it and eventually convince ourselves. I have my job. And actually, you muscle, even simple muscle testing, try and try that on 99% of people who will swear to you they love your job, say it, and it weakens their muscle as soon as you test it with muscle response testing. You don't even need mind hacking for that. Well, I feel so blessed to be able to uh, survive and thrive on this earth plane doing something I like. You know, it's just like, I think my as the Donald Lay <laughs> Swami Nitty Gritty put it, God don't work for nobody, and neither should you. <laughs> God don't work for nobody. I think it's important to be grateful, though, too, isn't it, Adam? And really, I'm to be grateful for everything that we have. It for me, it's a big deal. Grateful and work for yourself. You know, when the Donald was offered a job, the first job he was offered, he said, "I'll do it." If you give me the job by piecework, where I work as a private contractor. Mm. And so the uh, the person with this company asked his wife, can we do that? Let me check our attorneys. Yeah, nothing, nothing wrong. So they switched all their employees over to that. Now, O'Donnell was able to leave his job in four hours because he was so efficient at what he did. He uh, finished his job by then and didn't have to work more. But other people, you extend the time. And what is it? Work expands to fill the time allotted to it. That's right. Ever see that yep. uh, desk? Uh, uh, sticker mm-hmm. <laughs> well you know uh, um, every now and then you see these uh, you ever see these little TikTok or these 20 second or 30 second little clips of people and a lot of uh, there's a lot of good information there it's fun I'll watch I'll run through a bunch of them sometime just to see what people are talking about uh, quite a few things that I've subscribed to talk about uh, um, business and success and making money and all that. And one thing that keeps coming up is the idea of focus. Focus. And I've noticed that with my screenwriting. If I stay right there with it, right, with with whatever's going on in the scene, in the story, and even, even when I'm getting up and exercising, right, say I'll jump on the rebounder. I don't think about something else. I stay with, you know, with the movie I'm working on. And even when I'm eating, I'll stay with it. I don't go and start thinking about something. If you can stay focused, and I know you know how to do this because you get a lot of writing done, you can, you, can come, you, can, you can create a lot of stuff because as you're focused, more information from the subject matter you're with keeps coming in. Does that make sense? And it's a challenge for me because you want to go, well, I'll check my email or I'll go check this. You know, the more I don't do that, the better thing my life is. So I, I've been really working with that lately. Stay focused. What you do? You know, what do you, what's the movie you're working on? I even go to bed now with the movie I'm working on and thinking about it. Okay, well, what could George do next? You know, and it's really fun. It's really fun. 
That's how it happens. Then when you loosen the brain by relaxing, when you go to sleep, the answer comes, yeah. the eureka moment. Most inventions happen at three in the morning when the person said, I figured it out. Yeah. And uh, I do that like when we were writing Yes, No, Maybe, my co-author was amused. I'm in her kitchen watching the cooking channel on television. She said, what are you doing? I said, getting, getting the vibe going, you know. <laughs> so I learned I'm, I'm cooking, so I might as well watch the cooking sta- station instead of the news or something else. So when you concentrate and have it all around you, eventually you become an expert quite quite a lot quicker than yeah. you could. You'd be surprised how easy it is. Uh, you know, back in the day, they knew they could train a person with a, to, to the degree of a college education by the time they were 12 years old. Really? They used to do that. I mean, Admiral Farragut, Farragut? he, was, he yeah, commanded Farragut. his first ship at 12. He was given the command of a ship, and he had prisoners. And at one point... He, uh, he killed his first man at 10 as a cabin boy uh, during the naval battles. And, and the, uh, uh, now that would be a fifth grader in charge of a, uh, a ship. But now they infantilize people till they're 30. They make sure they, and by the time they're 30, they're docile. When they've gone through this, the educational system, they are so docile at that point. They know that the over-educated person, the college-educated person, person is easier to control than the ghetto. When they came into vaccines in Washington, D.C., in the ghettos, they didn't get very good results. <laughs> they were smart. They had street smarts, ah, street they, yoga. They knew. They, yeah. knew. they knew. They didn't need uh, to be brainwashed by colleges. <laughs> wow. Very... Very interesting. I uh, during my detox episode, I watched a few old movies, and I think it's really important when you're doing this to rest. For me, I just need. I know I needed to rest. You know, I I wanted to work, I wanted to write, but Patrick, just rest because you're going to get through this a lot easier. Just take a break. So I did. I rolled up with the cover. Well, I had air conditioning on. I put a little blanket over me and watched a couple old movies. One of them I watched was Titanic, which I hadn't seen in forever. You know, I mean, it's probably been 20 years. And it was really good. You know, it was really well done. James Cameron uh, movie. And, and what I, the reason I, I thought about it, you know, that, that great song, you know, the theme song, you know, you know which one I mean, the one that I guess Celine Dion sang. Um, that, that, that tune was playing back into my, in my mind, for about two days, every every now and then I would hear that going on. Isn't the mind interesting how it stuck on that little and and kept playing that thing back? Fascinating how that works. Fascinating. Wow. We do get that. Uh, James Cameron's ranch is for sale for $33 million out what, here. What's if anybody that? wants to buy it, by the way. <laughs> $33 million? Thirty-three million dollars. Yep, and he's in the he's in the hillbilly part of country here. If that was in Montecito, it'd be like two hundred million or one hundred and twenty-five million dollars for a, a ranch of uh, so many acres. And where's his ranch? Where is it? It's in a place called Gaviota, and Gaviota is now being bought up by the state so that it protects the land and. We can use it. We can go and visit it maybe once a week or so, but they're going to control all the land. Basically, the the animals are more important than the human beings. 
they get to live in 10-minute cities, but the experts and the people who have money get to go out to these places. I think a whole bunch of billionaires now are buying, what, how many thousands and thousands of acres that only they can visit, no one else can visit? That's what's happening. They're buying the land from everybody else, sticking them in 10-minute, 15-minute cities. They're all over Texas, too. Check Put 15-minute city in any town in uh, in Texas, and you're going to find it. They're even making Cleveland into a 15-minute city now in Ohio. Yeah, I know they're doing it with Austin. I, I read an article this morning, and a lot of the crazies that came from California, they want to move out of Austin now because it's crazier than California. <laughs> it's like, these people they are nuts. They have a lot of 15-minute city projects going there, yeah. Boy. They they want to put the businesses and everything together. Yeah. Here in California, it's so crazy. One little town that I used to live in down the road, 10,000 people, maybe 12,000 at the most, they, they say it's immoral to drive across the freeway to get your coffee in the morning. It's immoral? So they want it to, where you live, you have to live in a, place where you have a coffee shop your house uh businesses and you don't have to go any place they want to restrict us now i like the idea i wanted to move to ojai because it was a 15 minute city i could walk to the health food market i could walk to the farmer's market but i wanted to be able to leave too they don't want you to leave at all Good to have a convenient city. I look for one, but I don't, I don't want to be a prisoner of the 15-minute city, and that's what they want. You stay in the 15-minute city, we get all this wild land to go hike in. And the, the, this is not exaggeration. This really is the Agenda 21, Agenda 30 thing. This is their vision, and uh, they go in and control the city councils of all these people. I guess they give them money, huh, Adam? I don't know how they do it. And they just they, oh yeah they, well, just they, do it. they, they do it. use a trick from uh, what is the uh, the think tank uh, down there in uh, Santa Monica where they basically have a meeting and they make you think you came up with the idea huh. when of course they didn't it's all pre-programmed and anybody who disagrees with the program is kicked out. And then they do it here in Santa Barbara. Now, they are having some resistance to one of the biggest projects here in something called the Funk Zone. They have a four-story thing. The millionaires live on top. The shops are at the bottom. Uh, the the aliens who are, are homeless are, are provided in the government. The second floor, they have all this worked out like that for, for, for people. Uh, and by millionaires, I mean... They're really kind of the upper middle class because billionaires rule the world now. Yeah. Millionaires, Nothing. they have just as much problem <laughs> as the regular person with deadlines and paying bills. Mm. Uh, yeah. We live, with, you know, our landlords here in Montecito, they're millionaires, multimillionaires, but they're, they're in trouble because the, the, the government's taking money from them. Uh, Larry Fink is taking money from them. Everybody's taking money. They lie about the solar. They lie about everything. So they're just, a, they're, they're in the same kind of stew. Uh, you own your own house, but then the, how come the property taxes are like paying your mortgage? Yeah. It's the same thing. And if you miss a property tax, your property is gone. How can that be your property? It's not. Yeah, they, they own it. It's not. It's not. Uh, Adam, your comment, and can I get some little help on how to cope with losing a relative who has died? 
Thanks. Got some ideas for this person? You know, the greatest uh, way to deal with that, uh, when my mother died, I went through hell. And when uh, Donald Lay told me that if you concentrate on her death, uh, her spirit will not, they, can't, they, they cannot understand in that world grief. So you have to think of the good moments. He said, then they might even come and visit you again. Mm -hmm. But if you, uh, if you just have the grief, uh, so the best thing is to think of the good moments the good you stuff. had with them mm -hmm. and that their memory is within you. Okay. It's like the guy in the movie Cocoon, remember? Yeah. He wouldn't go on the spaceship because his wife had died. And instead of perpetuating her movement and having instead of having earth destroyed uh he was going to stay and die like that my my relative died so i'm going to die too to to honor her that doesn't make any sense you want to honor like like our friend carol crosby died i want her memory to live so I'm staying alive so I can tell the good stories about her and the many wonderful things and synchronicities in her life. And the same with my mother and father. Me dying, I can tell them about how great they were by being alive, not yeah. by being dead. Yeah. It doesn't serve them. So yawning and stretching is probably the best way to release the trauma because we only have two ways to release uh, uh energy the mouth and the anus we either fart <laughs> or we yawn and that automatically takes the pressure off we equalize the pressure pressure is so important we don't feel the pressure around us 14.7 pounds per square inch that's tons of pressure you ever buy a uh, uh bronner's in a bottle with a push bottle with a really strong plastic well, every time we get a change in weather, it starts to collapse. All you have to do is release the top and whoop, it fills up again. We had one that we didn't realize that and the whole bottle wouldn't uncollapse. It was like squished up like this just from atmospheric pressure. From Something so hard, harder than a douchebag, solid, and it would crush in. You think our human body isn't uh, subject to that? When we say we're under pressure, it's high blood pressure. It's high oxygen pressure. It's pressure within us. And all we have to do is out this way, out that way. Stretch and yawn and, and uh, release. You ever heard of a stink vent? Every plumber knows about a stink vent. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's I on do. the top of the, they'll go to the top of the roof, mm -hmm. and uh, many times your toilet won't flush because a bird will get in there, die, and clog up the stink vent. They call it a stink vent because your toilet will smell if it, it doesn't equalize the pressure. You have these uh, uh, cul de sacs similar to the sigmoid colon, it's designed on it, where water will stay in there and block the gases. Well, if that pressure isn't there, that water will leave and then the gases come free and your place smells and you don't know why. It's because you don't have a stink vent. Well, this is a stink vent and that is a stink vent. And when we operate with a stink vent like a plumber does, it's simple plumbing. Uh, most people have a GERD and heartburn and everything because of physics, not chemistry. It's all about using your stink vent. To clear the trauma out and to, uh, it's the best detoxer on the planet. 
yawning and, and stretching. stretching. Uh, from um, Pietra, good morning, guys. Enjoy it when you're two together. How does Adam, why do, does Adam believe that there's a way to tell if we are hydrated? You were talking about drinking water earlier in the show. Yeah, um, what is the one straw-colored urine? Is that a somewhat of a somewhat of a model for hydration? In ninety-nine percent of cases, your urine will give it up. Uh, hmm. If your urine comes out just clear, you're drinking too much, too much because your body's getting rid of it. If it comes out straw-colored and doesn't have much of an odor, and you let it set a little while to see, uh, if it comes out really odiferous it really stinks uh, and, and dark. it's dark colored you're dehydrated and need it and sometimes it's not water sometimes you need salt to hold that water yes, in do. because ironically a person with edema with those big rhino mm -hmm. legs mm -hmm. that's dehydration <laughs> because it can't get into the cell I'll be done, <laughs> but the urine will tell what's going on <laughs> yeah i've been uh, doing uh, quite a bit of salt sea salt over the last three four or five months and um, I'm much more hydrated. I actually carry a couple more pounds than usual. And it's just, I think it's just water. Just, you know, just water. And salt, of course, they demonize. We oh, use yeah. a lot of salt, too. We Boy. sprinkle salt on liberally. And it's a taste. Uh, you'll be non-toxified if you use it to taste. But even if you go beyond that, salt doesn't kill people until you take a uh, you have to take a lot of salt to yeah, die from salt. Probably so. <laughs> Darko said you'd have to drink a whole lot of ocean water even to die, you know. He was on a sailboat. You do. It's yeah. a detoxifier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, animals will walk hundreds of miles to get a salt lick. Yeah, In I fact, know. it's illegal to trap deer probably in Texas, I think I heard this, to put a salt block up and to attract the deer so you can shoot them. Is that right? It's illegal I, in most states. Because oh, <laughs> the deer will, they'll, they'll come around. They love huh? salt. Yeah, <clears throat> they go for salt and animals go for sugar too. But we don't want to, doctors don't want to tell them. We don't die of salt, sugar, and fat. We die of these chemicals that they put in our food now. And they, they crank them out by computer now. With computer, they can make a new chemical that has never existed on Earth in one day because they make a computer model, build it by chemistry, and bingo, put it in our food without any checking about what it is. And we're eating all this stuff, and then they blame sugar, salt, and fat because they're small words, and everybody knows them, and it's white. Oh, my God, white food? Oh, my, the potato was white. Avoid it. Oh, salt is white. Avoid it. Oh, you got to eat brown sugar. Don't eat white sugar. For God's sake, you're going to die. You'll actually die. Yeah, somebody posted a, a label on our Telegram page, and it was, I think it was from a Campbell's Soup label. You know, they're starting to put these uh, all these weird stuff in, in all these processed foods. Do you know what that's going on? Uh, genetically modified and... People say they're crickets, and I don't know what the, what the hell they're doing. People are even nuts. worse than crickets. Really? You know, people have been eating crickets for a long time. In, in rural Africa, something like sixty percent of the diet is insects, but it's the laboratory-made insects. And laboratory, they they can make. A lot of people don't know that even in the forties, they were making food out of trees and coal and oil products. They've been making alcohol out of that 
for years. You can take anything with C, H, O, and N, in other words, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and carbon and and nitrogen, and make food out of it. In fact, and this is where they're going to go. Time magazine said by 2030 or 2040, you will have a department of public uh, uh, products. You will press a button and order a meal. And out of carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen, it will make your steak, make your plate, and make everything. You will eat the steak. You won't be able to make the plate that it eat the plate that it ate, but everything on it you will eat, and then you will put it back in the in, into the machine. It will break everything down to carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen, and a few trace elements. And that's what they want to do with us. They don't want us to eat food. They want to give us food, and then we have to beg the government for this Department of Public Products. Isn't it amazing, Adam Bergstrom? They want to 3D print our chairs, our cars, <laughs> and our food. And isn't it amazing how fast this has all kind of gone south in the last, what, three years since this COVID? Isn't it? Man, they really stepped on the gas, haven't they, of what, what their vision and all the spooky stuff they want to do. It's just been, I mean, they're just, uh, It's ooh. become exponential. exponential. Remember that yeah. old story you tell yeah. a person, if we take $1 and double it every time, would you take that or do you want a million dollars? And the person will take the million dollars, not realizing they have millions of dollars doing it the other way. And within two months, you would be richer than Bill Gates or anybody on the planet has ever been by just exponential. Well, now with computers, designing computers, designing computers on levels, it's out of control. We have lost control of this automatic thing that's happening. And we have to stop it. If we don't, then we're going to be at the mercy of the thing, whatever you want to call the it. Thing. The thing. The thing. But what they don't realize is synchronicity. Somehow this is all going to be uh, messed up. It's going to be the war, whatever. This will not last, you know. But uh, the threat is there. Once you act like the fool, though, and realize that these jokers, they're not going to get away with it, you know, it'll fall back. But we also have a chance to become totally conscious at this point and actually remake a paradise out of this world. That's right. We are given, look at the blue sky and everything that we had originally, and we we can control it without uh, without being controlled by the controllers. We don't need experts. We all can work together and network as uh, in parallel societies that can become the actual society. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what's (laughs) going to happen, happened with the American Revolution. It only took, like some people say, it was only 7% were actually (laughs) active in it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, out of 300... There's no way of knowing, but say out of 330 million people, if you were on a game show and you had to guess, what would uh, what would the amount of woke wake you know people that are waking up or are awake? Just a guess. What would you say? Uh, one percent. No. Yeah, that's what I would give it. Actually, actually, I would. Really? The, the most generous it gets is four percent, four to five percent. You'll find. As a general rule, Hmm. 33% are 
controlling the world as the crowd making elites, 66% are the worst. They're the go-alongs. To get to get along, you go along. Uh, 66. And then you have, uh, that makes 99%. You got 1% left usually. That's the conscious people. The, uh, the, the conscious people are the same as the inverse of the elite. If the elite is 1%, and even 1% of the 1%, it's the same with the awake people. Oh, uh, I see. There are yeah. not many awake that, people. That, that would make sense, right? If the people that are the really lunatic psychopaths are 1%, there would be another 1% that are balancing those out so the whole thing doesn't explode. As above, so below. Was, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, mm. it's actually a law of the universe, and we're yeah. in it, but... I'm not awake yet, I, but I know I can be awake. And the first thing you have to know is that you're asleep in a dream and that we have superpowers. Everything Neo did after he realized he could put on fancy sunglasses Everything. and fly. But once we get to that point, then you're really, that's the 1% of the 1% of the 1% can do that. But just being to the 1% means you have a freedom to live your life and slip Any, between the cracks and do anything you want to, anyway, really. But most people, I have to work for a job, I have to pay this, I have to do that. And actually, you could get in such a position where all mm -hmm. your bills would automatically be paid if you believed it sincerely. If you got to that level, everything would work out without you having to do anything. Yeah. The fool, walk off the cliff. It's, it's, it's all taken care of by God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. It is. It is. It is. It's just amazing. I want to tell you a quick story before we go. You'll appreciate So during the last, oh, you know, the things we've been going through with our sales, really getting frumpy, you know, the last year, just little by little by little, for all the reasons you could probably come up with, um, I got to, I think, five mortgage payments behind. Five. That's a lot. But That's I was, a lot. <laughs> I, I know. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And um, I'll tell you, because I don't care. I'm not, my, heart, my life's an open book. My mortgage payment's like 2500 right? 2500 So that's, what, $12,000? And, but I was calling them, just letting them know I'm having a hard time. So, you know, and they, they said, okay. So, about three weeks ago, they call. They say, uh, we're going to give you a loan modification, if you'd like it. We're going to take all the money that you're behind, put it at the end of the loan. You're going to be good. We're going to lower your monthly mortgage payments to 1800 And... Same, same interest rates for 40 years, like you have 40 years, and you're good to go. Would you like that, sir? Yeah, that'd be good. Thanks. Do you believe that? Just poof. Amazing. Just poof. Poof. I mean, and I think, I, I'm just, I, the reason I tell you folks is because if you're behind on your mortgage, you know, know that these people do not want to foreclose on you. That's the last thing they want to do. It's messy. It's just a mess. It's expensive. 
talk to them. Be nice. Something you can do for me? Because I really like to stay here. Blah, blah, blah. They'll figure something out for you. They'll figure something out. It's amazing, isn't it? God's so cool. I feel so. Consciousness makes a difference. Uh, when my friend Greg Whiteley in Austin, Texas, started doing affirmations and teaching prosperity, right. they got together in a group and bought and rented an upscale uh, uh, house in northern uh, northern Austin and upscale neighborhood. And then they talked about buying it. Suddenly, the owner says, I'm going to sell the house. So, so they, you want an opportunity to buy it? He said, yeah, if we can do it, if we can uh, skip the initial down payment and just pay the mortgage like we were the rent. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they had that house. Now, that house in that neighborhood is so uh, is an exclusive neighborhood. And one time I was at a, uh, believe it or not, a essential oil chakra smelling party <laughs> in downtown austin there's lots of weird things go to, uh, down in austin well i met a person into prosperity there was some group at that time you paid two thousand to learn how to be prosperous and anyway uh <laughs> she was telling how her prosperity group was so good and everything so then she said uh since you don't have a car do you want to ride to your friend's house and i said sure where do they live? And I gave the address. Uh, how can they afford to live there? And I thought, that's a funny thing for a prosperity for person a prosperity to say. Station. How yeah. can they afford to live Come there? On. Well, after that, my friend, they believed, they decided, well, we we go down and spend a month at a time at places like Corpus Christi, right? Why don't we do it in Hollywood? So as soon as they got back to the house in Austin, somebody said, someone called from uh, from Kauai and says they want to rent their house there. <laughs> okay, there we go. And that's how they started to Kauai. Then they went to Palau, and then they went to the Red Sea, and then they went to Galapagos, and then they went to the Caribbean, and then they went to the Great Barrier Reef, and they, everything. It just increased so much by just believing in it. And basically, they do anything they want. Right now, they're farmers up in Idaho with 40 acres of land wow. growing tons of tomatoes that they bring back to Austin and can and do all their canning and everything, have won awards and everything, huh. both for their underwater photography, for their farming, for their products, and all by believing in what they're doing. Believing in what they're doing, yeah, yeah. The other day, um, I do this a lot. I think it's important even when... to. First of all, to not think that we're poor. thats You don't want to do that. Right? <laughs> don't want to do that. Or not think you don't have enough money and to keep it flowing because if you close something on both ends or one end, it'll stop, right? So the other day I wanted to get, uh, I needed some ghee. And I, they have a nice organic grass-fed ghee online I get. Kind of kind of pricey. And I thought, well, I'll wait for that because, you know, we're getting donations in and I don't need to spend that. And then I thought, no, no. I'm going to keep it flowing. I want this. This is good for me. I deserve it. I bought it. And probably, I don't know, 10 minutes later, somebody donated almost the exact amount of money that I paid for that game. It's just God's way of saying, you know, you're okay. You can, you can take care of yourself. You don't have to get into a, a tighten up, you know. That's the worst thing to do if you need something is to, 
tighten up saying you need it. No, you just got to believe that you got it or you're going to get it or you do have it. You know, you understand, right? Wow. You know, uh, in Austin, that happened to me. When I was with Greg Whiteley at his prosperity group, he recommended that I go uh, to massage school mm -hmm. because a massage therapist can do anything they want to freer than a chiropractor freer than everything you can uh, you can do many things with it so he said he would give me the money for a, a down payment at a massage school and uh, i said if this stuff really works i should get the whole money like that i shouldn't have to have part <laughs> of it and and go into a payment program so uh with that, I went over to the other house he had in Austin where I was staying. And on my bed, they had put a letter that came to me. And Austin School of Massage cost uh, $2,100 to join at that time. Mm -hmm. I had a check that I had totally unexpected for $2,500. And I had told my friend, I said, I, want, I need $2,100. I need two hundred dollars to open a, a bank account. No, three hundred dollars so that I don't have to pay on the bank account, and a hundred dollars in case someone gives me a bad check for one of my seventy-five dollar sessions that I did at the time. I got the exact amount, twenty-five hundred dollars. So I went. I called my friend Greg and said, "Guess what? I'm going to Austin School of Massage," and I did. <laughs> Isn't it just great? Yeah, it's just cash. Cash. <laughs> Now, I dropped out after a while because they were going to change the law where you now had to have a second license to do a certain type of treatment, anything beyond plain massage, to do like uh, uh, different types of uh, work, reflexology, acupressure, things like that. Uh, so then I got my money back, uh, most of my money back, and I used it for other things. But you get it. Uh, you get things that way. This happened to me so many times. By the way, Greg said the most powerful affirmation in the world, this is it. What everybody should do if they're going to do affirmations. All statements are equally true. Oh, Right That's the most powerful well, affirmation of all. Why is that, that means that when someone tells you something, your statement is equal to theirs. No matter what they say, you're going to die at 90. No, my statement is I'm going to live past into 91, 92, and 93 because I say so. Because my statement is equal to your statement. Oh. So that's the most powerful statement you can do right there. And if, you, if you're going to do affirmations, whether you do it once and believe it, or you do it a bunch of times, without believing that statement, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. You, you got to believe. That's the, you know, you I have mean, to believe. The whole religion and Christian and all that thing, they know that, you know, that belief <laughs> and faith, because it's all built on that, right? All spiritual traditions is built on that idea, you know, of belief and trust. And faith, well, faith, I guess faith is, the, faith is the word. Yeah, baby, faith can move mountains, as they say, you know. <clears throat> and affirmations are kind of funny anyway. A person will write 10 affirmations and say it didn't work. But meanwhile, all day, 
a thousand times they're thinking I'm poor, I'm poor, I'm poor, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, whatever it is. And then they write the affirmations for for five minutes and they think it's going to work. No, you want to walk around all day believing. You don't even have to yeah. write the affirmation if you believe. But you got to keep Once it. Once you believe yeah. in what you're doing, it all falls together magically. Some, somebody sent me this here. You've heard of Abraham Hicks? Abraham Hicks? I have. Yeah, check out this. Somebody sent me this and I put it on the on the front page, I'm gonna play a little bit. This is pretty fun, listen. No rush. Can you hear it? No rush. Luxury of time. Nothing to prove. Easy does it. Figure it out as I go. Have been doing that. More clarity coming. Coming at pace. Comfortable pace. I like knowing what I'm doing. I like being in control and yet I have been making an effort to give up control for a long time. Don't want to control things. It's really a cool thing. It's just a nice, a nice little thing that you could listen to, and uh, you know, it's just, it's just fun. Abraham Hicks. I'm not sure who he or she was, but very famous name, right? The person in spirituality stuff Ch uh, channeler. Channeler. It's, it's a, a huh? channeling thing. So I'm not much into channeling, but. I've listened to uh, friends of mine were into that. So every time we drove up to Lake Powell from uh, Phoenix, uh, Paradise Valley, uh, they would play Abraham Hicks. So I'm very familiar with yeah. it. And compared to a lot of the other type of channels that are out there, it's, it's better stuff. It's of a higher quality yeah. than other things. I won't mention <laughs> the other one. Yeah, there's a... Remember back, what was There's in a the, lot of junk out there. In the 80s? <laughs> it was in the 80s, it was really big, right? The Channelers. Oh, big. Yeah. And, and Hollywood fell oh, for yeah, it. Yeah. Hollywood stars. The guy in Star Trek, all of those people were into it. Do, do you remember the one? I don't remember his name. Something like Mulu. And he would talk, I am from the planet so-and-so, and I am here to tell you. And he, I mean, his voice was like that. To me, I had friends seriously into it. And I would laugh. It was like Saturday Night Live. But you know, nowadays, isn't it like you're watching Saturday Night oh, Live? Yeah. You can't oh, believe it's can't happening. Believe it. <laughs> what they would make fun of is actually true today. But we can undo it by being just as silly <laughs> in I, our own way. <laughs> I remember Ramtha. Ramtha was real possible, popular in Hollywood, yes. right? Romp That's the, one of the, that was uh, one of yeah, the crazy ones. Real estate deals. She led people into <laughs> bad real estate deals. And Seth, remember Seth? Seth Jane remember. Roberts made all that up. A friend of mine was good. Just made it up. Huh? Just but made... it was good stuff. Uh, yeah, it was, Seth's yeah, it was material. Good stuff. Yeah. I found it very interesting, even though it was made up. It, Carlos Castaneda probably made up all those books, but I study them. I think Carlos Castaneda had some really yeah. interesting principles, even on freedom. Remember when Carlos is working in one of the books, uh, Journey to Excellent, and he suddenly goes, doot, 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 and Carlos gets out. He says, that was the factory visit, but you'll, you'll, you come out and you stop doing what you're doing because I blow a whistle, just yeah. like they do in civilization. Okay, time to go back. And back and forth. We have bells that, that control us. That's what school is for. The bell. You got to punch in. Be in class at time. Ding, be ding, at ding. work at time. Yeah. You have a deadline. Think of the word. Deadline. Deadline. The deadline. 
Do you are you familiar no with? Die. They have too many deadlines. I haven't listened to him for a while, but I used to listen to a fellow by the name of Brishar, B R E S H A R. Really cool, great stuff. I mean, if you listen to it, you can't argue with what he's saying. I don't know where it comes from, but he's supposedly <laughs> this alien, you know, that's that's a and this guy channels Brishar. Very popular, but it's it is good stuff. I mean, you, you know, if you want to try it, folks, just just Google it. And just listen to some of the stuff. And he's very timely, very now moment. And you can't argue with what he's saying. One again, I don't know where that all, all that stuff comes from, but Brishar. I think it's B-R-E-S-H-A-R. Um, thanks for having the show from Matt. You guys are hilarious. What do you think the next big thing is going to be after COVID 2.0? Thank you. Yeah, well, that's a good question. We can end on that. What do we think the next the next boogeyman is going to be? Hmm. Have you thought well, about that? Well, they're bringing that? all these people in now, so it could be dengue fever, it could be uh, malaria, it could be Ebola, it could be Marburg. They're gonna they're gonna think dream up something. Oh, you think it's gonna be another be another germ and kill us all, and that they have to protect us. You, you cannot protect yourself. You think you it's gonna be to another wear a germ? Mask hmm. and social distancing. Well, I practice social distancing from hospitals. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think. Uh, there was one, somebody put something on my Telegram page, and it was um, that they discovered Ebola at this, at this uh, um, Burning Man thing. Ebola. <laughs> seriously? Yeah, seriously. Oh, see, it's already started. See, it's already started. So I think they're going to run with a new and improved, more than just a, a COVID, something really, really bad. You know, it'll eat your skin or something like that. Oh, they can com combine climate change and Ebola and call it Burning Man Ebola. Burning Man Ebola. That's now we're getting warmer because it's Burning Man. <laughs> That's where Ebola is caused. It. It's climate change caused Burning Man. He's been burned by the climate. They didn't set him on fire. The climate did. Amazing. It's all true because we said so. It's got to be true. It's got to be. We we're the experts. <laughs> you know Gary Matsuoka, who grew stuff and dirt he said when when they started introducing compost all the scientists would say you can't grow things in dirt <laughs> you need compost yeah. and he said when he would tell other people you can grow it in dirt they said do you have a phd no then we can't believe you only a phd can tell you if you how you can grow your plant and he said he would play in dirt they grew in dirt and once you put compost, his father would start to water the, the plants and they would die. And so uh, the guy, they got an agricultural expert to come in. How come my plants are dying? You're overwatering them. I've watered my plants every day for years and years. How come now I can't? So it took Gary Matsuoka, his son, he said, you figure it out. It took him 10 years to figure out that the compost, that the experts were wrong, that you can grow things in dirt. And they say you can't grow things in dirt. Well, you can grow things in dirt because dirt farmers have been doing it for centuries without any kind of compost or mixing dead. Think of it. Dead recycled plant products they put in. They take trees because it's natural. How many trees fall in the forest and break up into millions of splinters in one second? 
like with a grinder. It doesn't happen. So you don't have storage. If you have a Borg floating in your swimming pool, for 10 years it hasn't broken down. But I guarantee if you put recycled uh, sawdust in your pool, there's going to be storage in there, and you're going to have to put load tons of chlorine in to con to, mm. to protect your right. pool That's for your point. safety. Yeah. And look at where I look at, all I see is green everywhere in all the windows surrounding me, and it's all growing in dirt, so and there's nobody... Putting compost yep. out there. You didn't go out and compost it. <laughs> Nobody's composting out there. And we see flowers and, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, colors and um, wildflowers. And so, no compost. Nature is smarter than experts. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and we're part of nature. Once we realize we're smart, too, because we're part of nature. We don't need these experts that tell us all kinds of things about what health is. Cholesterol is bad for you. I'm a PhD, and I'm a medical doctor, so I know cholesterol is bad for you. Well, golly, uh, who was Eisenhower's heart doctor said he never saw heart problems in the 20s until they introduced corn oil and all the other uh, really? uh, unsaturated oils. And he said people ate lots of eggs, lots of fat. What's a fatty meat? And he didn't see heart attacks until they started corn oil protecting themselves from the cholesterol. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I read a, a a headline that said uh, that a whole bunch of a whole swarm or whatever you call it of bees showed up at the funeral of the person that took care of them for many years. Isn't that cool? And you know. I think bees can understand you and communicate with you. I put some dishes out for the birds. You know, it's so hot. You know, it's just like a, you know, something you put under a pot. You know, it's about, it's about this big and it's not very deep. And I just keep filling up with water. And the, a couple of bees started to come there a few days ago, maybe three, four days ago. And I'd filled up with water and they would fall in and I would just take them out so they wouldn't drown and they would be on the, on the railing, and then dry out and fly away. So they knew that I loved them, you know. And I kept talking. Well, tell your pe tell your buds about this. We'll just keep. The you should see it. There must be five hundred bees out there now, just on that on that one pot. And I keep filling up the thing so they don't fall in and drown. And they just sitting there drinking. And I keep saying, "Well, go back and give it to your queen bee. Come on and bring more of your friends. We got lots of water here. They're just amazing. These little creatures. And I pet them, you know." I pet them and pick them out of the water when they fall. They won't sting you. They don't. They're not going to sting you. That's great. You know, my high school buddy, Jerry Bibby, had a cousin. You may have heard of His name is Jackie Bibby. And how does he make his living? Crawling in sleeping a sleeping bag with 140 rattlesnakes. Uh, climbing in a bathtub with 300 rattlesnakes. Uh doing all kinds of things with rattlesnakes. Now, he lost his leg. One bit him. Out of all this time, only 11 bites. One, he lost his leg. And guess what? They would have saved his leg with sugar, plain sugar, and they would have saved his leg. Because uh, the Indians used to use it when you would get poison from uh, uh, oysters. Just take a bunch of pine sugar. That's all they had. They didn't have any other way. They, they refined their own pine sugar and would give them uh, that and save their lives. But the point is, Jackie Bibby, 
uh, there's these old timers live with rattlesnakes in their house. Did they and really? They, uh, Did they? they you can make pets of tarantulas, all kinds of poisons, scorpions, whatever. They know. People have done it. Look at the, uh, Saint. Uh, uh, what is it? Saint Francis of Assisi. The birds would land in his hand. Oh, and by the way, uh, uh, when uh, Susie Vibrant Gal was married to a guy who birds would come and sit in his hand. Hmm. A blue jay loved him. We'd wait for him to come out and come sit in his hand. And one, when he moved to New Zealand, uh, one bird would follow him as his truck as he drove along and follow him wherever he went, this songbird. And animals just, the cows love him. All he has to do is come out the door and they see him. And all these cows come running up the hill to greet him. <laughs> it's amazing. Some people just have this rapport with animals. And he has one of the greatest rapports I've ever seen. Animals yeah. love him. Yeah, they, they know what's going on and they, they hear you. And they know if you're going to try to hurt them or not, you know. Um, they, they know. They just know. So if you you have that thought, they're yeah. going to attack you. Yeah. And then you wonder why they're attacking you is because you had a thought of attacking yeah. them. The dog whisperer talked about that. He said, most people, Cesar Milan, I believe was his name, uh, they, they treat, instead of treating their animal like a dog, they treat it like a human. And their body language is what makes a, a dog misbehave. In fact, I learned something from him that they have a they have rules of dominance and things like that. So when I would visit Carol Crosby, she had five dogs. And when you came in her place, the dogs would all jump all over you. So from from Caesar Milan, I paid attention and I went to visit her one time. And when they came and jumped on me, I moved sideways against them and they all sat down. And Carol said, how did you do that? Well, you turned me on to Caesar Milan. I learned it from him. Mm. Dogs uh, expect to have a leader of the pack. And all you got to do is move sideways, never come down, and never let them lead your way on a lease. And you're now the dominant dog. And they'll yeah. do anything you say. So most people's dogs misbehave because they don't understand the rules. They don't bother to learn the rules of the animals follow. Yeah. They Cats have rules. Dogs have rules. Horses have rules. We have the horse whisperer here can take a wild horse and train it in 24 hours. Okay. No He's proved it mm. before. He just talks to it and, and talks to it and he knows how to do it. Mm. Horse whisperer, dog whisperers. There's all kinds of whisperers. They wouldn't let him use that uh, dog whisperer, by the way, because it's a patent. They're, no, it's copyright, I guess. Or would that be a patent? Oh, they still. Like they, they wouldn't let him use the, the term because of the. the yeah, dog yeah, whisperer. he got in trouble for using dog whisperer. First, he called himself the dog whisperer. So, because oh, the horse whisperer is already there. He, he lives, he's still alive here in uh, Butin, I believe he lives. Uh, mm. And he's an amazing human being. I think he's in his 90s now. I'm the alien whisperer. Having fun. I want to. I want to have an alien live on the show. You know, that's what I want. You know, maybe if you uh, if you uh, program it, he'll show up. Yeah, that's right. a lot of times it happens. Yeah. Once you once you put your belief there, so many things have happened to me. You you heard my fifty dollars story. Yeah. I haven't told it for a long time. I I, I have a girlfriend lives in Ohio, and she got uh, lives on an estate. Uh, I go up there and I meet uh, the new neighbor 
which is about it's a big piece of property so he lives about a half a block away so we meet him and we say we'll get together sometime i go in the as we go in her cabin i suddenly realize my rent is due tomorrow and i'm 50 dollars short of the rent so i said you know what i i'm out here in the woods i can't pay it so i'm gonna let god pay the 50 dollars and my girlfriend says, but how are you going to earn it? How can I earn it? I'm out here in the cabin with you. Uh, God will pay the $50. So five minutes later, there's a knock on the door. And it's that guy. Now, he couldn't have heard me because he was a block away. <laughs> my girlfriend opens the door. He holds up a $50 bill. $50 bill, not two twenties under Fed, <laughs> but $50 bill. And he said, he said, this is your $50. And my girlfriend's eyes got about that big. And I was a little bit taken aback myself. And then he said, you do know what this is about. And I said, I certainly do. I caught the drift at that point. And it will be put to good use. And I paid my $50. He just bought you $50. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Now, he told me he told me an interesting story, though. He said, you know, I, uh, I studied with a Zen master and uh, at big bear california and he gave me a koan he said he said do you know what a koan is I said, yeah it's a word that you have to meditate on so he said i went and meditated on it and i left my body so i thought that's the answer i left my body so he went back to the master and he said what's the answer to the koan and he said i left my body and the master said get back in your body that's not the answer all I can assume by him telling my story is that he did leave his body to know that I needed the 50 bucks. But I paid my 50 bucks, and guess what? I got it there 15 minutes before the rental office closed because I was up in Ohio and I lived in Carpinteria. Isn't that great? So timing. God's cool, baby. That is so funny. That's a great story. Well, Mr. B, happy uh, whatever this is. What are you guys going to do today? Labor Day. What are you going to do today? Anything fun? Ain't fun? We can play today. We'll play. You're going to play today. I'm going to research. I'm working on my new book on water. So, oh. water book. All kinds of aspects. Structured water, primary water, deuterium water. Oh, that's uh, great. And water from plants and water from the air and water from the magma and water, water, water everywhere. Oh, that, that, Another that's, drop to drink. That's a great, uh, great idea because so many people have these ideas about water. As you say, deuterium and structured this would be good. Yeah, I look forward to that. So, you just did you just start that one? Yeah, it, it's fun because I've been talking and writing about it for so long. I realized that I've got a huge amount of information there. And so, basically, by writing it, I'm just digging up my files and getting it out. I'll put some new things in that I'm, I'm learning. But, again, I'm watching all kinds of documentaries about water now. And uh, we had some of the greatest primary water experts up here in Ojai. They, there is a town, a city in California called California City. By landmass, it's the third largest city in the state. Where did they get the water? It comes from the magma underground. They have, he made a huge lake and stuff in the middle of nowhere, but nobody wanted to live in the desert. So here it is with all that water and no one wants to live there. Mm. Otherwise, it's dirt roads all laid out as big as Los Angeles, but no one lives there. And yet there's plenty of water. So, so much water you can, you can tap in 
four feet in the ground and water squirts Whoa. out. I thought, and we claim there's not enough water. Is is I? I was thinking primary water is some water that's really pristine, pure, uh, way, way, way down deep. That's not primary water. Yes, no, maybe hmm. it's made there, but it comes to the surface, comes to the surface. all over the place. But where do you find primary water? Not in the valley, not in the aquifer. You find it on the top of the mountains. Ah. How do you find it on the top of the mountains? That's where the, that's where the primary, it comes out in volcanoes from the magma. Uh, you want to see primary water? Okay, you take hydrogen, which is a gas. You take oxygen, and you put it in your car, and you run your car. What comes out of the tailpipe? Water. They don't tell you that you make water with hydrogen and oxygen, two gases, and when you burn them, like magma in, in the earth or magma in your car, and you get water out of that tailpipe. Hmm. Any machine where you run anything with coal, fuel, anything, you get water. So water, our earth is on fire. Look at, the, look at what's happening with volcanoes other than the fires they artificially set in maui look at the big island volcanoes all the time all of that heat is making water is coming out there and if you want to drill for water in hawaii you go to the top of the mountains just like here you go to the very mountaintop and they say oh no it all runs down the hill into the valley that's not true there's oh. minimum water in the aquifers it's all in the earth hey, you've been there in Kauai and other places these huge mountains, there's water just spurting out of there, just like, where's that come from? Man. Yeah, same with the, the underwater volcanoes. Uh, they found vents where animals live without oxygen, hmm. uh, thousands of feet under in the, in the oceans. How does that happen? How do they live there and survive even without oxygen in the dark? Where do they get their vitamin D, by the way? How do they do that under there? How do the Eskimos get their vitamin D? Oh, well, they eat animals that make vitamin D. Oh, how did those animals get it? Did they get it from the sun up there? Oh, no, they eat the krill. How did the krill get it? Did they go down to the equator every day and load up on it and come back? Well, they get it from the algae. Oh, the algae take a jet down to the equator, load up on D and come. Where does the D come in the first place, you idiots? <laughs> it, it just is, right? It just is? I mean, yeah, you make, you know how you make vitamin D? I'll show you one way. Take your arm like this and go. Vitamin and D. The friction will make vitamin D. Oh, cool. And, and you want to to get tan if you do that long enough you'll have a tan spot right where you rub if you rub there all day or say an hour a day you'll be tan in that spot they don't tell you about that that we have a para adrenal autonomic nervous system that makes our tan internally with neurology they don't tell you that we've got everything right here don't we right everything that we, we need we do we have it all just everything wow. we can make our own tan without the sun <laughs> Look oh. at that yogi lived in a cave and drank nothing but the uh, but the donkey milk and was buried for forty days. Where did he get his oxygen for forty days? He must have known something that we don't, or we don't believe. We don't he believe, believed yeah. it, so he did it. Do you know you can believe get, and achieve. You can actually order donkey milk from uh, Amos Miller. He's got donkey milk. I'd like I'd like to try it. Have you ever had it? It'd be fun to try it. I, 
I never have. And yet, believe it or not, when our pioneers were, were going through the United States, it was the primary source of milk. Really? They didn't have cattle. They had donkeys, a lot of them. They drank donkey Until milk. you got the cattle ranchers. But before that, it was donkey milk. I'll be done. <laughs> Many pioneers were raised on donkey milk. Hmm. Very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of folks. Uh, I I'd love to get a donkey. People say if you really get a, a nice donkey early, and they're just hilarious and very gentle and smart, really smart. You know, they're really smart. They're fun. May not be a good recommendation, but the Pope was raised on uh, uh, on donkey milk. Hey, well, hmm. look what happened to him. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, it was a weird donkey. Okay, Adam B., thanks for everything. I love you, brother, and thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you so much. Sure, it's just always an honor to have you. And new book coming out soon on uh, water, but tell folks about solartiming.com. Before you go, tell folks. Solartiming.com. You can get the mind-hacking books, the Yes, No, Maybe book, and a whole bunch of other books we have on various subjects. Uh, most of them are food-based, uh, timing and food. Butterflies need no taxidermist, uh, the sun-synchronized, uh, nutrition simplified. When the sun sneezes, the earth catches a cold, <laughs> lots of books like that. And specific books on copper, on potatoes on magnesium, on iodine, and we've got quite a variety. Check out our solartiming.com and see what we've got for you. And how do folks how do folks find the various books? Are they categorized, uh, alphabetical? Or? They're all categorized, They're all, yeah. yeah. We have a friend that just manages our site so well. He's a, he's a treasure. He's a treasure the way he organizes it. Artistic and uh, easy to find. You go into store. You can go into uh, a lot of my blogs are on there. Uh, clips from my shows. All kinds of things pointing on how to get there. And so spend some time there and look around because uh, there there's a lot a lot of uh, photographs and artwork and things that are entertaining. You could spend the day there, actually, and be entertained. Sometimes on. I go on there because uh, some of our entertainment is provided by uh, our our man there in uh, Europe who uh, handles our site for us. Oh, that's cool. SolarTiming.com um, with Adam Bergstrom. All right, you guys have fun. I love you. See you soon. Take care. Love you, Patrick. <laughs> Let me know if you need something. Adam Bergstrom, cool guy. The real deal, baby. Well, it's one an amazing research. I don't know how he remembers all this stuff, but Waley gets a little more Waley gets older, man, he'll really be smart. So uh, we are going to uh, do something here. Right now, Doodle and I are gonna go out in the sun and see what's going on outside and sit out there for a while. And then have some lunch, and we're going to see you tomorrow with the Quack Brothers. They're cool uh, about real estate and uh, mortgages and what's going on in the world of real estate. And then you and I will get together tomorrow uh, after that with a little session. It takes a long time to get young. One of our specialties is staying young. We just don't believe in getting old.
just made up. So we'll do that tomorrow, probably 11, 12 o'clock. So thanks for your support. Appreciate it. And uh, have a good day. Have fun. Happy Labor Day. And uh, I love you. And may the blessings be. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.